Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Hey there, friendos. Heckin' swell today, aren't we? Well, I am. It's me, your host, Nick. Welcome to the program. And no dilly-dallying today. We're going to get right into the thick of it. Just just pushing right on through. Mainly just because there's a lot of stuff to talk about today. And to start off, as per usual, as per usual, as the kids say, it's time for some video game conversations. How about this, guys? StarCraft Ghost, a game from like 15, 20 years ago, supposed to come out for the Xbox. Blizzard was making it. It was a first-person or third-person game. Don't totally remember. Well, how about this? A playable demo of it has leaked. This is like internet gold, right? Ghost has always been around. On, on forums, talked about forever. We've only ever had screenshots. Well, now, now we have a full-on demo, and it's playable, and it's online. So if you guys are big uh, Fallout, Fallout, if you guys are big StarCraft fans, go check that out. I'm not going to lie, I've never played a StarCraft game. Going to get on that, I swear. <laughs> One day, eventually. Ubisoft has now confirmed that Rainbow Six Siege will be coming to next gen. If uh, there was any ever doubt, you can put those now to rest. And what looks like to be like the biggest hit of the generation is going to live on for quite a while. Very surprising, considering it didn't do well in the beginning. But eventually everyone loved it. Also came out that uh, after the Disney-Fox merger... A co-op Aliens game was canceled in the wake of that. that that's uh, pretty unfortunate. Uh, it's not terrible. Not terrible, but it, it like I said, it is unfortunate. And uh, wonder what could have been. We'll never know. Uh, if you are one of like the 12 people that decided to sign up for Google Stadia... Well, uh, you're in luck if you don't have a Google phone. You can now get it on iOS and non-Google Android devices. So, there's that, right? I mean, I I guess. (laughs) If people are still playing Stadia, maybe, I think. The the rumor is that there are. I, I don't know anything about them. I didn't, I'm guessing they're out there, but let's not dwell on, on negativity, shall we? <laughs> well, well, if you're a big Kingdom Hearts fan and you did not get to uh, uh, own a PS4 this generation, well, you're in luck. Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 Remix or Final Mix or whatever they are, are now available on Xbox One. So uh, head on over there. If you didn't get to play those, you only got to play the third one. Or you haven't played those games since the originals back in the early 2000s. Like I said, now's your chance to to hop on that. Granted, they are the remixed versions, but better than nothing, right? Better than nothing. That's for damn sure. Or just for those sweet, sweet achievements, yo. Also, uh, sticking with that Square Enix realm there, it looks like... This is rumor, though. This has not been confirmed. But it's looking like Final Fantasy VII will purportedly have a 100 gig download. So this game is going to eat up your hard drives. If you haven't already put in a bigger one in your PS4 or gotten expandable memory. Because at this point, I feel like almost everyone's done that. Because... Games are getting so big, and the hard drives in the consoles are very small, and you can only go so far as replacing them in the PS4. At least you can't you can't swap them out in the in the Xbox, but uh, you can buy expandable memory, of course. 
uh, external hard drives, things like this. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure you clear some space if you don't, or look into investing into an external hard drive for your PS4 uh, to hold this game, so that way you don't have to worry about deleting things you didn't want to delete or anything like that. Uh, we also got first looks at the summons, which unfortunately are going to be DLC. At least we got our first look at the Chocobo in the Final Fantasy VII Remake, so definitely take a look at that on the interwebs. Also got a new patent uh, filed by Sony, and it looks like a possible new PSVR controller. This is Sony Interactive Entertainment. They filed a new patent. Uh, it's called Controller Device. Not a whole lot on it, and it looks like a clicker of some kind. So it's, it's not a new PSVR headset, but it's something that you wear on the wrist. And it's got a clicker and a button, and I know I'm not making any sense, but you'd have to look at it on the uh, online. I don't understand what this is for, but I guess it's got, like, touch pads on it. I, I don't know. It almost looks like, uh, yeah, it's got a rocker switch when I say clicker, so it's like, uh, back and forth. It's not a button per se, but interesting. I wonder what that will uh, end up doing. They got some other stuff that they patented. I, I don't know. Sony does some wild things lately, but if you're big on PSVR, that might be coming to a console near you. How about that, huh? So uh, I know we were talking about it last week, and if you thought coronavirus was going to get any worse, well... It did, and more companies are pulling out of different things. Sony now is pulling out of PAX East after they pulled out of GDC. Or no, I forget what conference it was. Anyway, uh, now they've pulled out of PAX East, which is in Boston, which is odd because I'm last time I checked, there weren't any cases in Boston or on the East Coast for that matter. Unfortunately, Kojima has pulled out of GDC as well, but uh, they said that... On a blog post uh, today, Sony Interactive Entertainment made the decision to cancel its participation at PAX in Boston this year due to increasing concerns related to COVID-19, also known as no novel coronavirus. So, that sucks, I guess. I, I don't know what they were going to do there at PAX East. PAX East is usually for a little bit of smaller games, not always always the big tentpole games. So, maybe they were going to show off some indies, who knows. But in light of that, the mayor, actually, of Boston said that, um, this is what, uh, I'm sorry, these fears reinforce harmful stereotypes that generations of Asians have worked hard to dismantle. They trigger our worst impulses to view entire groups of people with suspicion, to close ourselves off, and to miss out on the opportunities and connections our global city provides. Boston is united in our efforts to dispel these harmful and misguided fears. As a large international... Oh. And then Sony... Oh, and he said this to Sony directly, pretty much. As a large international company, you have an opportunity to set a good example. As a leader in technology, you can show that you are motivated by facts, not fear. As a leader in gaming and culture, you can show that you believe in connection, not isolation. And, oh, so... Excuse me, one Boston Bostonian was confirmed to have contracted it. A uh, man in his 20s, went to UMass, uh, was just in Wuhan. So one dude. They're freaking out over one dude. Like, that's ridiculous. He hasn't even been out in public. Like, insane, man. Insane. Don't get me wrong. Coronavirus is something we should worry about. But, but, luckily, it has not had widespread consequences here in the in the U.S. yet. So I, I think some things are a little overblown. Don't get me wrong. We should be concerned. We should be taking steps to be precautionary, but at the same time, there's no reason to panic yet. It, it, it's, it's not, this is not what's happening in China. Like, like I said, we're nowhere near that level and it, it will be a while before we get to that level, but let's just have fun and sit back and just take things in stride. Moving on, let's talk about a fun thing. How about this? Halo has partnered with Hasbro. Hasbro. I mean Nerf. <laughs> Nerf. 
Nerf, huh? So they went from going with Boomco, who made those uh, kind of cool dark guns based on Halo. Uh, you know, they had the pistol, they had the plasma pistol, the um, the Magnum, the the Needler, and the the assault rifle. I have the assault rifle and the Needler, but now they've gone and partnered with Nerf, who is a superior company in the foam dark world. And they showed off their new assault rifle, which looks pretty badass, and the color scheme's way better than just a solid red assault rifle. But uh, this one's got some white accents, and if you buy it, you can actually unlock it in Halo Infinite, the color scheme at least. But that looks really cool. They promised a new Needler gun as well. Those are going to release in the fall, which I think is a smart move. I'm, I guess the Boom Co. One ended. Oh, they did a carbine too. They had, they had a lot of kind of cool stuff with Boomco, but didn't always look great. I think Nerf is the ideal person to be with. They always have better stuff, and maybe we'll get some cool motorized ones uh, for the Needler because Nerf already has motorized weapons with their um, rival brand. So, and granted, they make really cool Star Wars stuff as well. So I, I think with Halo, they'll be able to to deliver on some high quality stuff. And then uh, Dreams, which recently released for PlayStation 4, which is from Media Molecule, the people behind Little Big Planet. But the people are doing amazing things in this game. They've recreated Red Dead Redemption 2. They've recreated uh, a couple other games. Like it, it's insane what they're doing. I think they were doing people were doing movies. I saw Simpsons Hit and Run. Like I, it's insane what people are doing. And and. I think it's really cool just to watch that stuff. People are way more creative, have way more time than I do to do things. But uh, that, that 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 that's definitely something to check out uh, if, if you're looking at just looking at stuff online one day and wanted something to watch. Yeah, so that's Dreams on PS4. And uh, I think Sony did confirm that it will release on PS5 as well. Um, speaking of games uh, releasing sometime in the future... Uh, Biomutant, a game announced, what, like four years ago, I think? Um, Experiment 101, the, the game makers behind it, put out a statement, and uh, they tweeted for the first time since 2019, saying, we know, or t September 2019, I should say, we know many of you are wondering if the game is still in development. Let us assure you that we've never been working harder and more focused on it than now. That's uh, per their tweet. And uh, it was supposed to come out last year, obviously. got delayed. And uh, it's really nice to hear from a developer after it's been, like, quiet for so long. Uh, got the team... Or got, like, their subreddit and things buzzing. And it was uh, supposed to be done by THQ Nordic. I think it's still doing that. But uh, now it is coming out sometime this year. Unfortunately, we still don't have a solid release date. Um, but that's a cool game that's coming from people that used to work at Avalanche. So if you're on the lookout for a new RPG, that's uh, put that on your radar. And here's some cool news. If you're a big fan of Borderlands, you're in luck. Eli Roth is now going to be making a Borderlands film. While... I thought this was an odd choice, considering Eli Roth is known for doing horror films. And last time I checked, Borderlands was not a horror franchise. Uh, someone did point out to me at work that uh, it makes a lot of sense, actually, for Eli Roth, because Borderlands has a lot of gore in it. So you want someone who has experience with filming things like that, uh, because it will come in handy for Borderlands. So yeah, that's uh, that's a movie coming out in a few years, so... With Sonic doing well, it looks like uh, we have a new generation of video game movies to look up to. Yes, yes, Pokemon Detective Pikachu did well last year, but that was a loose adaptation of something that's barely a video game that was released to the whole world. So let's just go from Sonic and we'll go from there. huh? And Microsoft announced that when Microsoft Flight Simulator comes out, you know, the new one, you will be able to land at every single airport on Earth. No word yet on release date, but this game looks amazing. All the leaked screenshots and videos I've seen just look immaculate. Uh, 
It's like, I've never really been interested in Flight Simulator, but now I kind of am, because this game looks gorgeous. Can't wait to see how that turns out. It's probably going to release in Game Pass, so I'm stoked, because I'll have access to it. Probably a game I never would have bought, but with Game Pass, I'll be able to check it, check it out. And final bit of gaming news here is one that I'm kind of pissed about. Because now it's come out that EA has canceled yet another Star Wars game. Uh, this is per Kotaku. Uh, this game was allegedly going to be a spinoff from Battlefront 2. No word, though, on if this came down from Lucasfilm as a cancellation or if this was an EA cancellation. And it, it, it's just frustrating every time you hear this because they've had the rights of the franchise for just over 10 years and really only a few games to show for it. Yes, I know game development takes a long time, but they canceled two major games already. And now this is a third. Battlefront, the first one, did okay. Battlefront 2 was a clusterfuck when it first came out. And they had a couple mobile games that did okay. The only game that's shining bright for them was Jedi Fallen Order right out of the gate. Winning awards, selling well. I mean, Battlefront 2 is only doing well now because of the massive upgrades and updates they've been doing, mostly for free. So, it's... Like, what the fuck are you doing, EA? What are you doing? Get your shit together. Get your shit together and figure it out. Because this is this is infuriating. Because people expect you to do well with a franchise like this. And, and you're fucking squandering it. And, and games that are, are guaranteed sellers. And again... You're, you're squandering this license that, that you've been been gifted. It's, it's just frustrating. I don't understand how this happened. If a lot of these cancellations came from on high at Lucasfilm, I'm pissed at them too. But the way it looks, the way it looks now is that it's just UEA. The blame is, is, is landing purely on you right now. No one else. And you need to fix that shit. You need to fix that image. Get it figured out because this is this is ridiculous now. It's, it, it's, it's so frustrating. Figure it out. I'm over this shit. I'm tired. I want some more Star Wars games. And we're severely lacking. Rant over. Let's move on. Let's move on to TV. God. Well... So much. This is more of a TV and, and, and video game blending of a story. But uh, rumors are coming out that there is possibly going to be two Blizzard adaptations on Netflix TV shows. A Overwatch cartoon and a Diablo anime. The only reason this has a lot of credence is there's been rumors floating around about a Diablo anime on Netflix for a number of years now. So that's why people are starting to believe this hype and obviously Overwatch 2 is coming and people just want to believe. And honestly, if the Overwatch cartoon is anything like those videos that about like the character backstories that Blizzard has already put out, I can't fucking wait because those things are amazing. I, I care more about those than, about, than I do about the game. Give me more of that. If that's the cartoon style, oh hell yeah, let's, let's bring it on. People will love that shit. No official word yet from Blizzard, Netflix, or anyone else who might be involved. Well, folks, we have a new player in the streaming wars. Redbox has entered the game. They have announced that they are going to have uh, a new service called Free Live TV. And it's going to be an alternative to their... Oh, it's free. Okay. Alternative to their on-demand marketplace, which they already have. It will have TMZ, USA Today, and a few more. Are these TV channels? It just seems like shows. Family Feud, America's Funniest Home Videos. Uh, it will be 24-7. There will be advertisements. And it's only available in a select places right now. Uh, it's going to be nationwide eventually. I guess it does have a schedule, so... 
you can't just watch shit whenever the fuck you want. Which this is kind of dumb. I don't understand. What is this? What is the purpose of this? I don't understand. It's free. It's free, but it has a schedule like regular TV, which I guess I mean it's live TV, but I I guess you can't go back and watch stuff. I I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Redbox, keep doing what you're doing with the renting a movie at the supermarket. And then New York Toy Fair was this week is this weekend, was this weekend. I mean Sunday night, so the this past weekend. Anyway, Hasbro has announced a new multimedia project centered around the Transformers franchise. It will be called Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy, I think. Uh, no connection to the games. Looks freaking cool. They showed off the trailer for the first anime or movie or whatever it is. It's going to be on Netflix. Uh, looks like Gen 1 Transformers was freaking sweet. My only complaint, and there's only one, is the voice of Optimus Prime. It does not sound like Peter Cullen. I've yet to be able to find any documentation on the series or who will star in it or anything like that. But if there's no Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime, I'm going to be a little upset here, folks, because the man still works, and Optimus Prime is him, okay? Like, that's just who it is. The only person, the only Optimus Prime-type character he did not voice was Optimus Primal in Beast Wars, I'm pretty sure. Okay, I stand corrected. The guy who voiced Optimus Prime, Optimus Primal, excuse me, voiced Optimus Prime in some other cartoons, so... Makes sense. Okay, I'm not. There we go. It's understandable. But it sucks when Peter Cullen's not doing it. That's for damn sure. But, but, but it looks fucking cool. So I'm definitely going to watch it anyway. That's for damn sure. It looks awesome. It looks actually really awesome. Uh, Christopher Heavju. Heavju. I think I, I always mess up his name. I played Tormund Giants Bane in Game of Thrones. Has actually joined... The Witcher Season 2. Uh, along with several other people, they're adding a lot of new cast members. I have yet to watch the first season. I uh, just, just haven't gotten around to it just yet. But if he's joining the show, that's a solid fucking pickup. That's for damn sure. So I, I uh, definitely need to get on that so I, that way I can be ready for when Season 2 drops inevitably sometime next year. We also got new character posters for... Season 2 of the Umbrella Academy. Unfortunately, no release date. Uh, it did come out... The first season did come out last February. So people were hoping that it would have been out sometime now. But unfortunately not. Uh, hopefully, the wait won't be too long for that. Because that was an awesome show. And hopefully... Speaking of other comic book shows... Hopefully, the wait won't be too long for... What ends up being... Uh, season two of the boys either and uh, speaking of, of new seasons of, of established shows we got a new trailer for Westworld season three it's a bit of a doozy I don't know what's going on is Maeve working for humans now is Dolores trying to wipe out humanity is uh, what's his name Jesus uh the guy from Breaking Bad, is he a robot? I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I like what they're doing with Tessa Thompson's character, though. Uh, the Man in Black is back, so that's always a win. But I just want to know what year this takes place in. I think they kind of hinted at a while ago with a somewhat of a teaser trailer, but it looks wild for this new season being outside of Westworld. But at the same time, it looks like we're going back to some other worlds, like Medieval World or something. So, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. And we're going back to Westworld in some capacity as well. And it looks like they're using... Uh, the, the set had burned down last year and some crazy fires that happened in California. And it looks like they're going to use that damage to its advantage. But, yeah, that's it there, kind of. Uh, Viacom announced that they're going to expand on CBS All Access into a new family of brands uh viacom cbs announced they are going uh, it's called i don't know they're they're trying to call it something uh, house of brands streaming or something I, I don't know and 
They're, they announced this during their quarter four earnings, calling it Accelerate Momentum in Streaming. And it will include Nickelodeon, MTV, Comedy Central, Paramount Network, because uh, those are all brands under the Viacom CBS name. And will also have film and TV, they said. And it will expand uh, value of entertainment, news, and sports through on-demand and live experiences for audiences around the world. It will hopefully launch with around 30,000 episodes of television and 1,000 movies on the platform. They didn't say anything about pricing or launch date. And uh, they're expecting it to launch sometime this year. And it will have a broad pay service, whatever that means. And I guess it will be an expansion of CBS All Access, which is already $5.99 a month with ads, or $10 a month without ads. I, I have been using CBS All Access to watch Picard. And uh, speaking of Picard, this past week was really friggin' great with uh, Seven of Nine returning and being in the full episode. Uh, it was really nice to see her character again after after Voyager and expand on that. And then her playoff Picard was 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 really fun as well. And uh, had some callbacks to DS9 as well, so that's always fun to see. But it will be interesting how they're moving forward. It's a very slow burn on the show. Now I'm wondering when Riker will appear. They found Bruce Maddox. When are they getting to the Borg Cube? Like, this is... It's, it's very weird to watch a non-serialized Star Trek show. Where they're doing this overarching story. It's... it's, it's, it's uh, it's not normal. It's not something I'm used to. So it's 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 a little it's throwing me off a little. I'll say that, uh, which is funny. After watching all the seven of nines in Picard, I dove back into Voyager for a while and was watching a lot of a lot of Voyager, which I hadn't watched in a long time. Uh, it's been made official at HBO Max that there is going to be a Friends reunion, which promptly broke the internet. If you follow comments by celebs on Instagram, which is a great Instagram page, by the way celebrities were reacting very uh, excitedly and shocked to the uh, essentially news of this breaking out. It, it's something that uh, makes m just not regular people, but celebrities happy as well. And uh, sticking of speaking of HBO, they have recategorized Watchmen as a limited series which falls in line with the idea that there might not be a season two, even though now Damon Lindelof is uh, reconsidering that idea. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Anyway, uh, last bit of TV news. Clone Wars fucking came back this past week. Unfortunately, it is going to be serialized, serialized weekly. I don't know why serialized. Oh, yeah. Was just, uh, anyway, uh, it's going to be released weekly on Fridays. And uh, I know I did misspeak two weeks ago saying it was coming back sooner. My bad. Anyway, uh, it's really cool to see the Bad Batch in action. Uh, I did see these episodes a number of years ago at Star Wars Celebration, albeit unfinished. Uh, but it's really cool to finally see them done. So I unfortunately I already know the outcome of this story arc, which is fine. Um, they did change some things up between those versions and these as I've seen online. But uh, seeing them in full-on, fully animated is, is really fucking cool. Bad Batch is awesome. They're uh, mutated clones. One of them's a sharpshooter. One of them's like a badass like tracker. One of them's a, a heavy. It's really cool. And it's it's fun being back in that world uh, of, of the Clone Wars. And it's nice to be back in that style of animation. It's refreshing after what Rebels was and, and Star Wars Resistance. So it's... it's uh, it's cool to be there, and also you can see some of the changes they made with some of the character models to match up with the fact that we're getting closer to the end of the, the Clone Wars. And of course, like one of the best Star Wars, Clone Wars villains, Admiral Trench is back, who's always a great one. He is the uh, like tarantula looking one, and he's got now he's got like mechanical arms and half mechanical face. So it's it's gonna be it it's gonna be a good solid run for these first few episodes. And uh, just remember, it's weekly. It is weekly. It will not all be released at once. So episode two will air uh, on Friday. Anyway, that's it for TV. Uh, with it being the end of February, though, of course, March starts next week. 
Uh, remember, this is a leap year, so we do have 29 days this month. But uh, like I said, March starts next month, so you know what that means. Things are coming and going from Netflix. Uh, next month, on the 1st, uh, we're getting Cop Out, really good movie from Kevin Smith starring uh, Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis. I think it's hilarious. Corpse Bride, Goodfellas, Hook, Space Jam, There Will Be Blood, Resident Evil, both Apocalypse and Extinction, and The Shawshank Redemption. On the 5th, uh, of course, we're getting a whole lot more stuff too. Uh, Castlevania Season 3 drops on the 5th. A uh, new Mark Marin special drops on the 10th. And the new Burt Kreischer special drops on the 17th. Okay, secret time. <laughs> uh, leaving Netflix, though. Black Panther leaves on the 3rd. The Waterboy leaves on the 7th. Men in Black 1 and 2 leaves on the 14th. Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2, The Two Towers, and Return of the King, Small Soldiers, and Wild Wild West all leave on the 30th. Oh, that sucks. Small Soldiers is leaving. Love that movie. Everything else is just a toy. Anyway, 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 let's move on to what's going on in Hollywood or Hollywood. If you finished BoJack, you'll get that. Uh, James Gunn was asked about what his favorite screenplay was to write. And shocker, actually, he chose the Suicide Squad. And even though Guardians is probably the movie people most know him for, I, I've seen a number of his films. Uh, Slither is actually really good. I would recommend checking that out. And so he did... Uh, he did a Ask Me Anything on Instagram, which is also an, an amazing feature. And someone said, uh, favorite movie you've ever written so far at least. So his response, this is on Instagram, directly from him. My favorite screenplays, you mean? I love the movies I directed all the same so far, but I think I love the Suicide Squad script the most. Also love the scripts for Dawn of the Dead, Super, and the specials. So he, he did write all of these. So that's uh, it's interesting. If he loves it that much, I do not have any worry at all about this movie because if if James Gunn knows how to do anything it's write a screenplay and direct a movie so he's doing both so I, I do not have a worry in the world anymore also uh, moving on from there the Rise of Skywalker novelization gave uh, some tit snippets essentially of, of previews of what's going to be in the book and they were of deleted scenes that did unfortunately did not make the final cut of the film, so that that's really cool. So if uh, you like reading the novelization of Star Wars movies, uh, but speaking of the Rise of Skywalker, the Blu-ray has finally been uh, announced with a release date on March 31st, and uh, you can pre-order pre-order it now, uh, especially that awesome nine-disc version of all the Skywalker saga films plus bonus features. Uh, from Best Buy, it's 250 bucks. It comes in this really nice case and some art and everything like that. I'm particularly fond of that version. Um, so if you're into that, Best Buy has that. Otherwise, you can uh, get the regular one online everywhere. So yeah, The Rise of Skywalker coming out in March at the end of March. It will be available digitally, obviously, before that. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and with that, though, Star Wars actually put out a new official timeline to kind of give an idea of where everything takes place. They didn't put ABY or BBY, which is after Battle of Yavin, before Battle of Yavin, things like that. But essentially just to clarify where things lie. And uh, so official Star Wars timeline uh, so it obviously it starts with Phantom Menace, then Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith with Clone Wars taking in taking place in between those two. Uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, takes place very close to Revenge of the Sith. Again, it doesn't give time frames. Then Rebels, which gets very close to A New Hope. It also has Rogue, uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, literally starting like just barely an inch before A New Hope. Uh, then, of course, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Mandalorian after Return of the Jedi, then a big gap, 
Star Wars The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and Rise of the Skywalker, and then Star Wars Resistance taking place uh, just before Force Awakens and uh, ending just before Rise of Skywalker. So at least that gives you an idea of those uh, in place, but again, without without actual time frames on that. So we can't really uh, can't really see exactly when these things take place unless you look at the visual dictionary and it really puts things in perspective. So that's something to look at. Got news from Ben Affleck, who's been very candid lately, and he essentially finally opened up about why he really quit Batman. And he was being interviewed by the New York Times, and he said, I showed somebody the Batman script. They said... I think I think the script is good. I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through what you just went through again. And obviously that's in regards to Justice League and Batman vs Superman and just all the negativity that he got and granted not all the blame was was on him and I thought he was an awesome Batman and Bruce Wayne. But obviously, you know, he's had a tumultuous past and he's been in rehab before and he was in it recently and of course, you don't want to put yourself through something that could cause harm to your mental stability, your mental health. He also said, uh, we were worked on the script. I was trying to figure out how to crack it, and I was never happy enough with it where I thought it was worth going out and making it because I just didn't want to do a version that I wasn't really excited by. So I still don't know. And actually, that was an older quote, but still, it's in, it's in the same vein. And it really sucks that that's what happened, because I, I thought that he would do a very good job of making a Batman movie and, and continuing that Batman story. Now, I trust Matt Reeves as well. He's made some very good movies, and I, I think him and Robert Pattinson will be able to knock it out of the park. But I, I just long for what could have been with, with Batfleck, as, as uh, of course he's come to be known. And again, it, it's just sad that the way people reacted and things like this would have maybe caused him to start drinking again and lead him down a very dark path. And I think he made the right decision in stepping away for his mental health. And I, I applaud that more than anything. There's, there's no reason fans should demand something from someone when it's going to be at the sacrifice of someone's uh, dignity and, and stability and, and, and just anything like that. And it, it's just... It sucks. It really does. It really does. But good on him. I'm, I'm glad he made that decision. I'm also happy he finally came out and said it. So we'll see. Uh, Tom Holland was speaking recently about Uncharted, the f movie that he's going to be in about a video game, which uh, currently still does not have a new director, which would be director number seven, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, maybe lucky number seven, huh? He said that the movie's supposed to start filming in uh, four weeks. Again, no director. But it's going to be heavily inspired more by Uncharted 4 than any of the other games, which I don't know how I feel about that. But that's a start. That one had a solid story. So maybe it'll be good. Maybe it won't. We'll just have to wait and see. But again, it does not have a director, and apparently it starts filming in a month's time. So, I wonder how that's going to work out. I don't trust this in any way, shape, or form. Let's move on before I dive down a deep hole. I don't want to go down in regards to that particular story. Let's see. Mulan. A movie that was rated PG, or G, as a cartoon, will be rated PG-13 in live action. Disney's first live action movie to get a PG-13 rating, or live action remake, excuse me. You know, they've had plenty of PG-13 live action films. This is going to be their first live action remake to get PG-13, which is is kind of odd, because I did not expect this movie to be PG-13. I don't think anyone expected it to be PG-13, though. What's going on in this movie that's going to cause that? I don't understand. What, what, in a, what in this movie, is it that violent? 
It has to be that violent then. Because that doesn't make any other sense. I don't know. I'm, I don't... Whatever. I don't think I'm going to see it. Because, like I said, the, that star's concerns about Hong Kong and her stance on it was a little, little disheartening. That's for damn sure. I'll watch it eventually. Just not in theaters. So... I'll give it a chance in the future. I don't want to jump into it right away. And like I said, I wonder how that will affect its its initial opening to begin with. But time will tell as it comes out in a few weeks, I'm pretty sure. And then uh, the next director of Planet of the Apes swears, and hear me, swears that the next one is not a reboot. It is a continuation of Caesar's story. And we have nothing to worry about. Wink, wink. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> like, come on. The studio's going to get involved and maybe force something down someone's throat. I, I don't know. But we'll see. We'll see how that actually turns out when the movie actually gets made. It's not even started yet. So, we'll see. Uh, granted, this was the director saying this. So, again, who knows. Uh, Sony executives were being very candid a lot of people being candid this week, just being frank and telling it how it is. Well, they said that uh, Sony Pictures chairman Tom Rothman and Alan Horn, of course, discussed how the companies were able to bring the, the thing back together. But uh, this is what happened. Hold on. Where am I? So it's actually with Alan Horn, the CEO of Disney Pictures. Or chief, uh, Sony Pictures chairman Tom Rothman, Disney's chief creative officer Alan Horn, uh, roundtable, like I said, and and Horn started out the fan base, which is important to all of us, seemed really to really respond to what Tom Rothman and his folks had done before with our people, and they like it. They like the fact that the MCU and Kevin Feige were involved, and we heard feedback out there that suggested joining forces once again was probably a really good idea. Rothman then responded. I think this was a classic win-win-win. I think it was a win for Sony, I think it was a win for Disney, and I think it was a win for fans. Then someone asked him about the possibility of the partnership continuing on after Spider-Man 3 next year. And Rothman responded, I hope so. So let's see what happens. I would hope that it continues. And that I, I think it, it'd be smart for them to continue. For everyone. It, it, it's only smart now, especially now that pretty much every Marvel character is under one roof, barring the Spider-Man franchise. But I think if Sony and Marvel and Sony and Disney can work together, it will benefit them all. Again, if this works out, it's, it's only best to have Spider-Man with the Avengers and everything like this. Because now we could eventually one day have a Spider-Man and Deadpool team-up movie, which would I... I think would just make gangbusters, just break all movie records if it was done properly and done right. And then having, like, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool and Tom Holland's Spider-Man interact with each other and have it with, of course, Ryan Reynolds' potty mouth and Tom Holland's kind of, like, good boy persona, I think that those two together would play off perfectly. And Sony, go do it. Make it, you cowards. <laughs> I, I think that's a, inevitable. And it, it'd be smart if that actually happened. And it'd be amazing if it happened, now that I think about it. Also got news. I don't know if it's news. It's not confirmed yet. But there might be a new Star Wars movie being directed by the director of Slight. My only response to this is this, uh, and this is J.D. Dillard is the director. Is this theatrical? Is this Disney Plus? Is this in a movie? Is this a series? And my next thing, response to all this is, can we stop hiring directors that don't really have a lot of movies to their name? Yes, I know you can hire indie darlings and it'll come out perfectly. I mean, Ryan Coogler with Black Panther and uh, uh, Gareth Edwards when Godzilla came out. But... And Ryan Johnson, obviously, with Last Jedi, but that, that's a whole can of worms I'm not getting into right now. But we have to be careful when hiring indie directors and then just giving them a tentpole 
super duper expensive franchise film like this. It, it's only worked in a few instances. And, and outside of the Disney world, Colin Trevorrow, Trevorrow, excuse me, with what he did with Jurassic World. So it, it, it's in the amount of movies that have made been made that are big budget blockbuster films being directed by a indie develop director who's only had like one or two movies before the failures far outweigh the successes. And I don't care about money made or anything like that. I'm talking about critical reception, fan reception, all of this. Let's try and get some more established directors. I'm sure there's people that actually do want to make a star Wars film that are established. Let's give them the reins until we know these other people can do a big budget film in a franchise like this properly. Because too many times we've seen, and don't get me wrong, even big budget directors fuck it up, JJ. So we need to we need to really think about this before we start handing it off to, to no names, really. And even counterpoint in Jurassic World franchise, J.A. Bayona, not a big name, known, well-known director. People weren't a super fan of, of Fallen King or uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So, you know, you have both sides of the coin there. So you got to be careful. And all I ask is, let's just get someone a little more established who wants to play in that world. Like, look at what John Favreau did. That's all I'm going to say. Roland Emmerich was being direct, uh, directed. He was being interviewed, and he said he does still have plans, or ideas at least, for a possible third Independence Day 3. I liked Independence Day 2. I actually did. Sucked Will Smith wasn't in it. I'd gladly take a third, though. I liked where they were going. Let's see where, where we can go. Independence Day 2 was not that bad. Uh... Making a full roundabout to Batman here. We got leaked images of the full bat suit. Not bad looking. Like I said last week. Didn't know what the cowl looked like. Now we do. Ears aren't bad. Can't wait to see what the film version looks like. Because this, I think this is just a stunt costume. And uh, that's it for movie news. It's time to talk about some other stuff that happened. Uh, Batman and Catwoman are having a kid. Hey, surprise there. Not really. Not at all. At least they're back together. That's happening in comics. Baby Yoda merch is now available for pre-order. Hasbro shut it off at the aforementioned New York Toy Fair that happened this past week. Uh, this past weekend. Again, it ended today. And uh, finally got my Rick and Morty crate. Had some cool stuff in there. Has this really awesome uh, Rick and Morty t-shirt with uh, stuff on both the back and the front. It has a Morty Peace Among Worlds figure, which is, it's actually a compliment to a Rick Peace Among Worlds figure I, I got a few years back in Loot Crate. It's from the episode where Rick and Morty go down into like the microverse or whatever in, in his ship. And they kind of come down the ramp like with both their middle fingers up. So now I have a Morty to go along with my Rick. It also came with a Smith family decal. So it's like those family decals you, you see on the back of cars. But this one with the Smith family. A Rick and Morty anatomy glass, so it's kind of like the recent teasers they, they've had for season four, where it like kind of showed Rick cut in half and Morty cut in half, uh, but this time it like shows their innards, like their, their brains and bones and stuff. Uh, so it's a pint glass, it's really cool. A awesome pin of Rick that says, your, your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, that was it, actually. So it's some, some really cool stuff. I like this. Uh, it is a... Uh, quarterly box, quarterly crate. So this was supposed to come in October, but it finally came. Uh, like I said, Loot Crate went some through some struggles last year. Uh, and then I'm finally getting a little bit caught up on my Loot Wear. Another one came in this week. Uh, this one came with a Marvel 80 Years uh, shirt, and it shows like all the different Avengers and stuff like that. And it's all their classic comics look. Uh, and then it also came with a long sleeve shirt. Uh, which is Farscape themed, and it uh, says Farscape, one player, two player, so it looks like an old 8-bit video game, 1999, the Jim Henson Company, and it's got some Farscape characters down the sleeve, that's a long sleeve shirt, so that's that's really cool as well. So, some solid stuff this month from Loot Crate, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy there, they're rebounding, like I said. And final bit of news, which rocked the comics industry, before we move on, 
Dan DiDio, the co-publisher of comic DC Comics, has left the company after 18 years under mysterious circumstances. Uh, there's things floating around that he left. There's things floating around that he was fired. There's things floating around that it's part of some major restructure by AT&T. But other than that, it's, it's a very odd move uh, as DC enters a tumultuous time right now. Jim Lee will stay chief, chief creative officer. And it's a little odd. Like I said, it's, it's, uh, he's been removed from his position per comicbook.com. It's just, uh, again, very strange. And this goes along with things that have been murmuring on the internet. Like, again, it's it's not solid yet. But there are murmurs that AT&T is looking to either close or sell off DC Comics if their new event series or whatever they do called 5G happens later this year. If you ask me, that'd be the dumbest fucking thing that... Warner or AT&T could ever do because I think they would have to sell off the rights to Batman. They'd have to sell off the rights to Superman or, or that's if they sold, but if they shuttered it, then they could just pump out movies of these properties forever. Uh, That's fucking stupid. Look, I, I know print media is dying. Okay. Allegedly. I know comics though are hurting. My understanding though is that DC has been outselling Marvel overall. Uh, granted, Marvel has Star Wars, so that brings in non-traditional comic book buyers. But DC overall has done better with their more recent events. And I know people tend to prefer DC comics, traditional comics, over DC movies, where people like Marvel movies over Marvel comics. So I, I just I think this is really stupid if AT&T thought about this. Then I saw We Got This Covered, who's, I fucking hate that website, P- reporting that some asshole on YouTube was like, oh, maybe, you know, I, I heard that they might just give it to Marvel. Like, no, that's not going to fucking happen. You're not going to give DC over to Marvel and Disney. That That's not going to happen. For a multitude of reasons, that's not going to fucking happen. First off, I don't even think that'd be allowed by the government, that'd be an antitrust thing. It's like you can't have the two top two publisher comic book publishers under one fucking roof. Like, no, it's dumb. And first off, no, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even going to give that conversation the light of day because it's fucking stupid. Uh, no, I'm done. You know what? Forget it. No, we're that's it. Sucks. Dan Dio's gone. Hopefully, this doesn't affect DC Comics as a whole. As long as Jim Jim Lee is still there, I know things will be good. I think we need to bring Jeff Johns back in, but that's me. I, I don't think DC Comics is going anywhere, but granted, I could be eating my words in a year. I hope I don't, but that's it for Nerd News this week. I'm your host, Nick, obviously. Make sure to stop by NickSnerdNews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or you can find links to our Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcast pages. Also on NixNerdNews.com, you will find links to all of our social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or, if you prefer, you can just look at all of our social media feeds right there on NixNerdNews.com if you prefer not to be a part of social media, which I know not everyone likes to be. So... Just be on the lookout for that. Otherwise, I will catch you guys on the flip side as we inch closer and closer to March. Catch you guys later.